high sticking to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on, on Sports, Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the Lowdown. Today's show, the Oilers look very good. McDavid transcended. Everyone making real money played very well on the weekend. Are you happy, Oilers Nation? Is it is it 100% happiness? Is everybody? No. Okay, I'm, I'm getting feedback that no, that is not the case. Uh, you can text us at 1-833-401-1440. Listen to us all over. There's just no way to avoid us. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. Um, of course, online. You can listen to us on the radio as you tool down the road. We're on Twitter at Low Tide uh, and at Declan Kruger. Don't ask me to spell it. It's a long road. The Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road, wolfgmcbuick.com. Our guest today, Jason Greger, Mark Grote from WCSR Chicago. WCSR, all polka, all the time. I don't know what they play, but it's probably sports. And Mamma Mia with our friend Declan Kruger. It's Mama MMA. But we play Mamma Mia, the great Abbott song. Okay. So first, I, Mr. Typer Man, how was your weekend? Did you, did you do lots of fun stuff? Did you, did you watch football all weekend long? For the most part, my weekend was great. My weekend was great. We did a Friendsgiving thing on Saturday night. Was this the, it was awesome. Was this the food? It was the food. Yeah, tell yeah. me about the food. So we had we had the whole we had the works. We had some turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, sweet potatoes, gravy. Why can't I have friends like this? It was awesome. Well, I would have loved to invite you. I think people would have been pretty excited that you were there, but you would have said no in a heartbeat. So yes, I I it was like, a moot point. I, figured, I don't want to see bother? people. Yes, I got um, asked to be a groomsman by my friend who was hosting. Nice. He's getting married, so it's my first time being a groomsman. And boy, he better find somebody to marry now that he's done that. Uh, yeah, I know. Well, we got to get that fit, that part figured out next, but I'm just happy to be involved in some yeah, way, shape, or form. Yeah. So, no, it was great. Then, obviously, a rivalry weekend this, this weekend for college football did not disappoint. The Bama-Auburn ending fourth and goal from the 31-yard line. They score a touchdown with 31 seconds left. It's mayhem. So, he pushed off. I don't think so. Oh, I, yeah. I blame oh, Auburn. I blame. Yeah. Like, listen, you rushed two guys. You have ne- you kind of had two in a spy. So you had eight in coverage. How do you not run a three deep zone across each third? Like they had one there, but he drifted towards he the middle. It was a one on one coverage. The, that's cheating, man. I don't know. That's not how I saw it. But listen, regardless, great game. The Michigan Ohio State game was great. Washington All NFL. was very good. Yeah, Washington's a wagon. They're a great team. Or Washington State played them very tough. I expected they were going to. That's a great game. So Washington and Oregon are going to play for the Pac-12 championship this Friday. Uh, it's 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 huge stakes in college football. But no, it was a great weekend. I had a lot of fun. When do they start firing coaches? Is that already started? Yeah, already happened. Okay. Oh yeah. Yep. There you go. All right. McDavid had a night at the expense of a man named Jackson Lacombe. Wow, young defenseman. They break your heart. They break your heart. They break your heart. But what are you going to do? You got to play him. And Connor McDavid, it was an education. I think Cam Fowler was 05 goals at five on five. To borrow a phrase from our young friend here, the Oilers were a wagon on the weekend. One thing that that I always, when a new coach comes in, I always look for things that are tweaks, changes that are being made. There's a couple of things that I notice. One, and this was not noticed by me. It was noticed on my blog, but I can't remember who did it. Um, Darnell Nurse's headman passes. That's one of the best headman passes to Nuge I've ever seen. It was gorgeous. And maybe that's Paul Coffey. I'm not saying it is, but it was an interesting 
little tidbit this morning on my blog by another person uh, who I can't remember the name of. The other thing I noticed, and this is something that Darcy McLeod Woodguy wrote about years and years ago. He, he noticed that Connor McDavid, when he had more room to wheel, i.e. defensive zone starts, he was more dangerous. They got, he got more chances off the rush when he started in his own zone. It was like an extra, like the gun was loaded, pardon my French. And I, th- that happened with the new coach, with Chris Knobloch. And I wonder if Knobloch will have to keep track of that. The, 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 the McDavid line with Hyman and Nuge were all right, plus, plus. They were great. But I think they had seven defensive zone starts and three offensive. No, this is face-offs, pardon. Seven uh, defensive face-offs and three offensive zone face-offs. Interesting tweak does not happen for his career every year. McDavid has more on the offensive zone than the defensive. I thought it was interesting. I'll pass it along, and that's what I did. Zach Hyman, all world. What a talent. You know, I just want you to think about Zach Hyman. He writes children's books. He's a good person. He, he, when he interviews, he, he is so positive. Uh, it, he's, he's a good man. But on top of that, he is a brilliant hockey player. And, and he's a unique hockey player, too. I'm going to talk about that in a minute with Evander Kane in mind. But Zach Hyman brings a lot of things that other players don't do. He's relentless. He doesn't give up, but he's got the skill to match. The passes that he's made in the last few days, the shot that he's had, the goals that he scored. Zach Hyman is is a gift. Make sure you, I know there's so many stars on this team, and by the time you get through McDavid and Dreisaitl, you're exhausted from all the cheering. But Zach Hyman, man, he's a player. Evander Kane. Evander Kane is one of those rare people on the planet Earth who can be physical and a what they used to call a policeman on the ice and also has enough skill to make people pay. And his shot last night, his goal, he's got a bunch of them already, was an outstanding example of what he is. They used to talk about John Ferguson of the Montreal Canadiens when I was a kid. And the same way a healthy Evander Kane delivers hockey now, he is very unique, along with Hyman and, of course, the Glimmer Twins. The Oilers up front, are they're rocking and rolling. Nice to see Connor Brown get a point and... Adam Ernie get a point, who I thought had a really good game. Both of them played well. And what about James Hamblin? This is a guy who the Edmonton Oilers, this is on the amateur scouts. I give them credit. They found him. They nurtured him. They signed him. They brought him through. And now he makes the NHL, and he scored a nice goal. Went shelf. That's his second. Had one on the road. This is his first goal at home. Good for him, and congratulations to James Hamblin. Wonderful story. Stuart Skinner. Coming along now, his five-on-five save percentage is through the roof the last two games. He's winning some hockey games. He's playing well. Now, he was shaky at the beginning. That's going to happen. And I know the fans get over-enthusiastic in their praise of sending him down the river, which everybody wants everybody to go at some point in time. I think Skinner's coming around. Now, they need another goaltender. I will tell you that I watched Jack Campbell on the weekend, and he seems to be really settling in. Doesn't mean he's close to being returning, but he's there. Nuge was very smart. Ekholm Bouchard, terrific. I thought Warren Fogel was doing a lot of really good things. They didn't pay off because he wasn't playing with high, high skill, but he did some good things. This Edmonton Oilers team looked good. Now, I know it's Anaheim, but Washington's a good team, and the Oilers definitely dictated. They've got a big game against Vegas coming up. That will be a tell But I will say this, they already look like a club that will contend. They can't have any more long losing streaks. They're done for the losing streaks. They can't have a lull at Christmas. You know when they get at Christmas time, they all go over to each other's house and they get, what's that thing in in Turkey that makes you tired? 
Tryptophan. Tryptophan. Yeah, no tryptophan. I need somebody has to make a, a a spam or prem turkey that is so good they love it, but they're not eating the tryptophan, or maybe just barbecue burgers, or or fire up the barbecue and do steaks. Guys like steaks, right? I think they do. You know who likes steaks? And all of the women in my house love steaks. It's funny how that works. Uh, what else can I talk about? I told you about Gregory's coming up. Mark Grote from WCSR Chicago, Mama MMA, at 140 today. I don't know why Declan's leaving until the last segment. I mean, everybody wants to hear it, and you're making them wait. What the hell, man? Well, it's the segment that pays the bills, but that's how we go. That's how we get people to stick around until the end. You know, I got to <laughs> wait for it. Okay. Uh, Jays, Dodgers, Rays chasing Otani. Uh, that'd be a hell of a get. I'll say he's going to the Dodgers. But it would be nice if, you know, he's not, you know, from America. So maybe he'll come to Canada because Canada is not from America either. We're not, we're, although Toronto is like the most, I would say the most metropolitan or the most, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to make anybody mad, he lied. I think, I think Montreal and Vancouver are international cities and so is Toronto. I just don't know which one is the most international city. And I would say Calgary is closer to Edmonton in being an international city, mostly because of the airport. Edmonton's airport's too far to, far away. It is. They have to fix that in the next 150 years. Let's get through the LRT first. That's going to take most of the money for the next 70 years. But after that, when are they going to be done construction around the mall? Can you riddle me that, Batman? Uh, ooh, I'll say August 2024, I think, is a safe bet. And then something else will start. No, that's next year. Have you yes. seen what the hell they're yes. doing over there? That's what, Yeah. Do you know how long construction takes in the city? Well, I was being generous with that. Well, I think you were. I think it's going to be 2028. Then we go, well, what are the uh, concrete? I saw a thing the other day. Apparently, you're not supposed to talk about the LRT or, or take photos of it or I'm like, like, it, you know, from a public safety point of view, <laughs> this seems a little weird, right? I want every, I want inspectors who don't know what they're inspecting out there looking at it. And I want the inspectors who do know what they're inspecting look at. It. I would like the public to view it. I would like the public to kick it a couple of times to make sure it doesn't crumble. That's what I would like. Frank Reich out in Carolina, one in 10 will do that to you. You know, he should never have left Philly. He had a great deal there. I know they like the head coaching stuff, but come on now. Doug Peterson would still be in Philly. By the way, the Eagles, they did not deserve to beat the Bills yesterday. That was I loved it. I love watching the Eagles. They're my favorite watch right now, although the Oilers came close on Sunday night, but I hadn't seen that game yet. Uh, the Eagles didn't even play that much. The Bills took dumb penalties. The referees helped them with the penalties they didn't take but still got called on. And I have to say, I thought the Bills got robbed a little bit. I'm not going to say they deserve to win, although they probably did. But they got Would Do you think they got robbed by the officials, or did you see the game at all? No, I saw the game. I don't know if, like, how, you, said, you said it best, I think. You said they seemed to play about 12 minutes of meaningful football, and that was enough to win the game. I don't know if I would go so far as to say the Bills got robbed, but 
like anytime you're in a window like this as a Bills fan and you come away with a loss, you walk it with your head down a little bit. But I look at it as we played the best team in the NFL, very tough. We were right there. If we zig when we should have zagged, we win the game. If I could call, you know, like you talked about the refs. If things go differently, we could have won the game. I listen. The fourth quarter interception by Josh Allen, where he tried to force it to he tried to force it in, and James Bradbury jumped it, was terrible. Was a complete momentum shifter. I don't know if I'm going to say the Bills were a better, better team, but I'm I'm not walking away with that one with my shoulders completely sunken. I think it was a competitive game against the best team You're in the NFL. You're screwed. You're six and six. You got fourteen yes. teams ahead of you. You I really know. needed that game. Yes, we did. We did. And, and the, it didn't ha- it didn't come to fruition. But like, and listen, there's no solace in playing the best team tough because wins are wins and losses are losses. But I don't know if. But I I think for the remaining get the remaining five games that we have now, we can walk away from that game and say, hey, like we have things that can prove we can be a competitive playoff team. That's how we have there, to. Look you got to get there. Yes. Yeah. And Do we you have, have to, to win look three at it of five way. or four of five. I mean, I think I think four or five realistically three of five might do it i don't know how the rest of the afc is gonna fall but four of four or five would be slightly more comfort territory but i'm i'm looking ahead and saying let's just win all all five and hopefully have no no doubt about it so these are the teams ahead of the bills who are six and six yes dolphins chiefs ravens steelers browns broncos that's a lot of teams yeah, and I mean, listen, if you're the Bills, it, it's you have a terrible schedule. You play the Patriots at home. You play the Chargers on the road. I think you can circle those two as wins. Well, the Chargers, jeez. Yeah, like, I think <gasps> I th- so. So, okay, so now we're 8-6. and six. You have to play the Dolphins in Miami, but you, be- you beat the Dolphins 48-20 earlier in the season. Now, granted, it is in Miami. I'm going to say that one's a win as well. So you're nine. Now we're nine and six. Okay. We have to play the Chiefs on the road. I'm going to say that's seven. a loss. Nine and seven, and we have to play the Cowboys at home. Oh, please beat them! And I think that's a winnable game. But I think that's the game that's going to determine that. I, they play the Bill. I'll have to check. I think they play the Cowboys December seventeenth. They play that one at home. So I think that's going to be the game. If they can win that game, because I, I expect them to lose to the Chiefs. If they can win that game, I think we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Good job there. You know, we're Bro- going to be okay. Yeah. It's a collective effort. Why I, does, I listen to the Bill Sports Talk Radio. I, I like to think I'm a, I'm a part of the team. You're an expert. Yeah, yeah. You uh, 833-401-1440. That's the number to call us or text us. Why does this team talk about, this station talk about a team located in Buffalo, New York so much? Because I'll be honest with you. I, I know probably 50 Buffalo Bills fans, and I'm not even lying. The Bills are very popular. Why are the Bills popular? Well, they're kind of Canada's team. They played in Toronto before. They've had a few, you know, guys who have been good football players there. Uh, Jim Kelly, I think, was very popular. Why? Why do you like the Bills? Well, my story is a little bit different. I think I've told it, but when I was I was a kid, I was like eight or nine years old. I would play Madden with my dad on PlayStation Two, and he would always be the Chargers, and he would always take kickoffs back for touchdown with Darren Sproles. And I was like, you know what? I got to match this somehow. Like, I'm tired of giving all these kickoffs for touchdowns. How can I? How can I match this? And so I found the Bills with Roscoe Parrish as their kick returner, and he was an electric kick returner in the game. So I became a fan of them for that reason. I was using them in Madden. That is unusual. It is, yeah. And uh, I just stuck with it. And listen, I was we. I, I went through some tough times, man. Like J.P. Lossman, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You, you who, personally didn't. J.P. Lossman did. I did. I did it as a fan. Oh, I, I was tough game. in there. And, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyrod Taylor, I had to watch Nathan Peterman start games, man. Like, do you know how tough that is? Well. Like, you guys think you had a, had a bad in the decade of darkness. I had to watch maybe the worst quarterback in NFL history <laughs> be the cornerstone of that team for a couple games. It was brutal. And that's why I always say, like, with Josh Allen, 
you live and die with the controlled chaos because the alternative is so much worse. The alternative is decades of, of mediocrity and decades of below mediocrity when you talk about guys like J.P. Lossman, Nathan Peterman, even Tyrod Taylor. I had an okay stint, I guess. But you live, in, you live with what Josh Allen brings because it's so much better than what we had. Ty, the airport is only 15 minutes from my house. I think it'll be cheaper for taxpayers if you move closer rather than moving the airport closer to your house. But I'm no accountant from Jim Kardashian moving slightly into the neutral zone. Isn't what that what it was called? The Kardashians was the neutral zone? Pardon? On Star Trek. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. I just thought it was a reference to Kim Kardashian. No. I think it is. Uh, no, that's his name. Yeah, Jim Kardashian, because I think it's a it's a play on words of Kim Kardashian. Are you Are you sure? Uh, I would. I would. I'm not sure. I've never never talked to him, but I would bet a lot of money. That's what he's going. So, for. how much would you bet if we were doing a bet? Like we could swap salaries for a year. Wow. I, I could use the increase. Not much. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say not much incentive for you to take that bet, but okay. it's looking pretty juicy for we're me. We're moving right along here. Uh, it's twelve eighteen. Uh, this is the lowdown with low tide on Sports 1440. It's the lowdown on Sports 1440. That's our motto for the show. Ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no valley low enough to keep us from not talking about sports. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. We want to thank Diana Ross and the Supremes sliding in here and saying hello to us. I have a great Diana Ross and Supreme story about a song, but it wasn't that song. Their last number one was called Someday We'll Be Together. And it was a great song. And it's a kind of an unusual song to sing, apparently, uh, because Diana Ross had a hard time singing it. So the guy who wrote it was in the studio, and you can hear him in the background of the song. They left it there. But he, he sort of sets her up for each part because she was having a hard time singing it, and it became a really cool part of the song, Someday We'll Be Together. And he wrote the song. And I've always loved that, that story about how music gets made. And that's a great song. They were fantastic, Diana Ross and the Supremes. What's your favorite Supreme song? And don't tell me you don't have one. I would say my favorite Supreme song is Silver Bells. (laughs) (laughs) So... You looked up on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> Does that sound right? No. Oh, no. No, their best song is uh, called Where Did Our Love Go? Oh, that was my song. Baby, baby. But they had so many. Baby Love and some, uh, just, there's so many great Supreme songs. She was a secretary at Motown. They would not give her a chance. And then when they did, she became a monster star. Uh, all right, it's time for... Hockey Rumors. This is our rumor segment. And there was, we talked about this a week ago with Steve Simmons right here from the Toronto Star, right here on the lowdown. Uh, he he mentioned, he said, you know, I just got a feeling that Dave Gagne could be the next uh, general manager of the Edmonton Oilers. relationship with Jeff Jackson. You see them around rinks all the time. That's something that I could see happen. Well, it got all the way to Elliot Friedman on Hockey Night in Canada. And he, he shot it down. He went pew, pew, pew. Uh, he says that Gagne has, this is Dave Gagne, not Sam. This is Dave's Sam's dad, Dave. Um, he said the former NHL player indicated he isn't interested in the job and would not pursue it if it became available. So there's your answer. It's not Dave Gagne. 
But Steve Simmons, I think, you know, he he told us that, you know, he was thinking that way. He didn't have a, he said, I, you know, he didn't say I'm hearing rumors of. He said, I'm just putting two, to, two together. And you know how rumors are. They start and then they're denied and then a year later it happens. Could be. But they've got candidates in-house. Steve Steos was a candidate. Now he's gone to Ottawa. But Brad Holland is still here. Keith Gretzky is still here. Jeff Jackson is still here. I, I, I'll i be interested in seeing who takes that job. It is going to be vital. They have got to start procuring talent. And by that, I mean amateur talent. Michael says, you are wondering when the LRT at West Edmonton Mall will be done. I've read it. It'll be done sometime in the summer of 2027. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about the rumors involving Corey Perry. Her best song, Right Back Where We Started From, that was Maxine Nightingale. We're talking Supremes. Do you like beans in your chili low tide? Yes, I do. I like all kinds of beans. It doesn't matter. I like all the beans that you would put into chili. I like it. Even if you just put one bean in it, I like chili. Chili's very good. I like chili... And then I like a bun with the chili, and the bun could have pe- uh, butter, but just bring it a butter on it. That's it. That's all I need. I don't need anything else. Don't give me salad. Don't give me milk. I want water, chili, and the bun. I like chili very much. Uh. Hello, fellas. Don't forget about the 6-5 Colts hanging around. They're ahead of the Bills as well, and Indy's remaining schedule isn't against a bunch of top teams from Dustin. They've looked good. Uh, you know, I the Colts are a weird team, right? Very weird. They're they're frisky-ish, but they're not very good. But they frisky. pull it out. Word, yeah. like, like they beat the Patriots by four points, and then like they play the Browns tough. They're, they're, a, they're a really weird team. Now, the Browns are weird. The Browns are weird, weird. Yeah, the Browns might just be above average. Honestly, I mean, I know you know they obviously lost to Sean, but he wasn't doing them any favors really for the most part. But they're they're a weird team as team as well. I fully expect them to make the playoffs, but I don't know I don't know what their ceiling can be. Low tide. Did you hire Declan? He's almost wittier than you already. He's far wittier than I am. I did not hire him. The last person I hired was in the eighties. I hired um uh really talented broadcaster her name was lisa i hired her away from the country station in regina to the pop station that i worked for in regina and two weeks after i hired her she got hired by a big time radio station in vancouver and that was the end of it it broke my heart she was so talented she had such a great voice i put her in the midday show she would have been a star in regina and instead she gave it all up to be a star in vancouver And they wouldn't let me hire anybody. And that's probably wise. But I do like working with Declan so far. Thank you. That's that's nice of you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the worm could turn, you know. Th- there's every chance I will throw you under the bus in a meeting in which they say it's got to be one of the two of you. That's fair. I'd do the same to you. You understand so. how that works where it's like, you know, Ludlow, we're cutting staff and uh, one of you two has got to go. 100%. I fully expect that. I would and do the I same would, thing. I'd say, geez, I like Declan, but he's, you know, he's got time to find another career. 
But you'd shake my hand and say, Declan, you get it, right? And I'd be like, yeah, I get it, Lieutenant. And what I would say is no I'd, say, I'd shake your hand and I'd say, Declan, I was in there pushing for you this day because <laughs> we're all liars. No, I'm teasing. I threatened to quit if they didn't keep you, but they <laughs> called my bluff. That's you got to go. Yeah. Yeah. I thought there were more Broncos fans, particularly in Edmonton with Pat Bolin connection. I, 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 that might be, but the people that I talk to are more Bills fans. Seattle Seahawks are also popular here. Declan's a great kisser, signed Low Tide. I do not know, nor will I. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I love this text. In case you forgot, Edmonton Oilers had an important shutout win on Friday and a big win on Sunday. McDavid had a 4.9 on Friday, 5 point on Sunday. Hello, Tide. I eagerly tuned into 1440 to get your perspectives on these victories, but instead we're bombarded with a Buffalo Bills fan enthusiasm about his team. Low Tide, you may personally know 50 Bills fans. I know of thousands of Oilers fans. You want to talk NFL, fine, but not as the lead story. Out and radio turned off. Declan? A lot of capitals in there as well. What did I lead with today? You led with the Edmonton Oilers. I went on and on and on <laughs> about them. I, I listed off the you trainer did. and three guys who played Parcheesi behind them uh, in the stands. I, li- I I said everything about them. And it wasn't doom and gloom either. It was no. a lot of positives and a lot of uh, pats on the back. I yep. swear to the you know whatever higher power you cheer to or pray to, uh, like everybody on Lego Island knows... Did you ever play Lego Island, the game? No, I didn't. Okay. The Brickster, if he got out, it was over. Low Tide, I've heard suggestions of adding the big rig. I like it. Okay. I swear to you, I, I led with the Oilers. I talked about them a lot. I did. I was here. You you don't have to tell me twice. I know. Like, I heard we it. We start at noon, and I I was five. I, we were late for our break because I talked about them so much. Look, they played really well in both games, uh, and Stuart Skinner is settling in, and the numbers are electrifying. What's that song with the electrify? Can't remember it right now. It's electrifying. What's Isn't that, that ballroom blitz? Yes, you're yeah. right. Can we play that after the break? Absolutely, we can. Okay, so here I got I got some. Now that the people are mad that I'm not saying enough Oilers stuff, um, Connor McDavid's goal share in the last five games is five goals for one against at five on five. That is starrific. The Oilers have a chance to land one point per game in the month of November. Never thought that would happen. They started o four and o. They're five three and o right now. They trail Seattle, who have the number eight and final playoff spot by six points. They have two games in hand. The bigger issue, all of Nashville, Arizona, Calgary, Anaheim, and Seattle are ahead of the Oilers, and they got to catch them all. The margin for error isn't massive. Now, the McDavid line did a great job. I talked at the top of the show about Darcy McLeod, Wood Guy, one time talking about McDavid seems to do better when he has defensive face-offs as opposed to offensive because you've got more canvas to paint a picture on with the puck. And I, I mentioned that the new coach, Chris Knobloch, ha, seems to favor seven defensive face-offs to three, and it's an early tell, but it's a wrinkle. I mentioned Darnell Nurse and maybe the greatest pass, headman pass I've ever seen. 
to Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I'm, I talked about Nurse as a great player. I talked about Stuart Skinner. Stuart Skinner has a 951 save percentage, five on five over the last two games. Zach Hyman, I talked about. Evander Kane, I talked about. I went on and on and on and on. I had 15 run on sentences, and several times I should have used a comma and did not in the first segment. And then we talked about the NFL, and we talked about college football. Those are two other sports. I talked about baseball. I talked about Otani. But I led with the Edmonton Oilers, as one should if they're hosting a show in Edmonton after two outstanding wins. Holy moly. If you could make the money work, would David Perron be on your radar? He was here too early for the orders in his first in down there from North Van. I love David Perron. There's several reasons I like him. He's a little bit like Zach Hyman in that he's he's absolutely relentless, but he's also a little bit filthy. Hyman is too, but Perron, he'll gut you, you know, and, and I'm okay with that. Perron is a smart, smart player. He really is. And... Yeah, I don't know about the money, but I, I, I've always liked him, and he's always been a winner to me. Niners coming for your Eagles Sunday. Going to be a battle. Can't wait. Ninerman 77. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We got a good game coming. All right, so on the way, next is Mark Grote covering the Chicago Bears for WCSR Radio in Chicago. We'll talk about the Bears. We're going to have a very busy offseason. Are we going to see the same people in the same spots next year? Probably not. We'll talk to Mark about that. At 120 today, Jason Greger. And at 140 today, Mama MMA with our friend Declan. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. That was the electrifying I was talking about. It's Alan Mitchell, Declan Kruger. Whenever I think of Greece, all I care about is Rizzo. All I cared about on that show was Rizzo. For those of you who remember it, all four of you. We are now joined by Mark Grody from WCSR Chicago, talking a little NFL and Chicago Bears. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Yeah, happy to do it. The only Rizzo I remember is Anthony Rizzo mm-hmm. of the Chicago Cubs. So yep. that's where my brain went. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, yeah. Speaking of, uh, any thoughts on uh, either of the Chicago teams and uh, the possibility of Otani? I know Dodgers and Jays are rumored, but they're rumored in everybody, and they don't they don't end up with it. And also the Rays. Uh, any activity like free agency in Chicago uh, around Otani because it would be such a big story. Yes. Yeah. No. The Cubs are at least the stories surrounding Shoya Otani. The Cubs are talking tough. Like they are prepared to, you know, be one of the teams that says we've got $500 million and we might be willing to give it to you. I don't know. I've not heard that from the Cubs specifically, but it's certainly a swirl and the Cubs can certainly afford to be one of the teams to do that. And then I guess one of the things too um, is that one of the things the Cubs would be even more prone to doing is if, for some reason, Shohei Otani wants to still do a shorter contract, and the, the Cubs would be well in on like a, a three-year and then go to free agency again contract. So I guess that's the answer is yes, the Cubs are sniffing. 
Well, I'd like to see him in that ballpark just for his bat. And, you know, <laughs> not bad, right? No, it would be – look, there's two things. Yeah, you know, Wrigley Field can be tricky. I mean, during the cold weather, it's a horrible place to hit. But the majority of the season is in warmth when the wind is blowing out and, you know, some of the smaller dimensions, especially to right field. Absolutely, you'd want to see that. The other part is – and this is either good or bad for Shoei Otani in Chicago – he would be the superstar in the city. Like, Chicago is a hardcore sports town, period. And some of the other places, like, um, you know, like Los Angeles, he would blend in more. So, I don't – it sounds like he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily like the shine. So, um, that, that's one thing that might detract him from Wrigleyville and all the, the craziness of, of Cubsdom and Chicago sports and – the pressure of Chicago sports that that might be something that ironically pushes them away from Chicago. But obviously we have not heard him say anything like that. So stand by. Honestly, though, I would be very surprised if Shoei Otani ended up with the Cubs. Mark Rody, our guest from WCSR Chicago. Bears are 2-11 in games decided by eight points or fewer. In two other losses, they had the ball in one score game in the final three minutes. So my question to you is, are they as far away as their record implies, or are they closer to being a contender than it looks? I think that they are as far far away as it looks right now. I mean, they they their defense has looked better. Their defense has been better since the beginning of the season. Now they had a big time fail last week in Detroit, where they had a twelve point lead in the final three minutes of the game and they blew it. But the defense has gotten better. But there was there was a lot of time too when it was bad this year. Um, offensively, they're still trying to get themselves organized, and obviously, Justin Fields has been up and down at best throughout the year. So I think that for now, yeah, man. Unfortunately for the Bears, their their record is who they are. So that brings me to the next question. I know he hasn't been there long, and there are times when I'm watching him and I'm like, this is the future, but. It's been a short period, but because they're where they are and because they have the picks they have, are we looking at the end of the Justin Fields era and maybe the just the beginning or the pre-beginning of the Caleb Williams era? Yeah, my gut is that Justin Fields is not the will not be the quarterback of the future for the Bears. Now, there if he plays like he did last week in these final six games and he continues to add on, then I think that there is room to consider the possibility that Justin Fields is the guy. But really, at this point, you have to look at it in terms of, is Justin Fields a guy that you would give elite quarterback or starting quarterback for the future of the franchise money? And that's $200 million bucks. Is he, is he worthy of that? And the answer right now, and I can't imagine him turning it around in the next six games, the answer to that is no. Um, is, is it out of the question that he will be on the roster next year? No, I don't think it would be out of the question. I think that he could very well still be here, but he could have company in the way of, you know, as you mentioned, you know, Caleb Williams, Drake May, or who knows what, else they might have up their sleeve in terms of quarterbacks that already exist on teams but it's still um you know he has not proven yet justin fields that he's your no doubt about it franchise quarterback of the future so same question for the coach uh, matt eberflus 
hasn't set the world on fire, but it's been a carousel since Lovey Smith. How long is his his leash, and do you see him there a year from now? It doesn't feel good right now um, for Matt Eberflus just because losing is losing. The record is the record, and there's been a couple of really bad losses this year, in particular last week, and then another game that they blew earlier this year at home against Denver, another late lead gone away, and those are things that typically go on the coach's resume. So it's going to be hard to make a case for for Matt Eberflus unless there's a six-game winning streak. Now, the one thing – well, actually, there's two things I think that might – work in his favor in terms of possibly returning. His boss, Ryan Poles, the Bears' general manager, loves him and uh, you know, recently came out and told, him how, and told us all how much he likes Matt Eberflus, and he has been pretty genuine in those comments all year about Matt Eberflus. Those two came in together. They have the same agent. They are linked together. So I, I can't imagine that Ryan Poles would want to pull the trigger on on firing Matt Eberflus after just two years into the job. The other thing is that last year, the horrible season that the Bears had was wholly expected, that basically Ryan Poles, the new GM, comes in and essentially didn't say it, but we all knew it. It was a rebuild, a year in which the talent was stripped, the talent was traded. So, in other words, do we give Matt Eberflus a buy from last year? Do you, you just say that doesn't count? And a lot of people lean that way. The wild card and everything that goes on with the Bears going forward after this year is the new president and CEO, Kevin Warren, the former commissioner of the Big Ten, and how much he will want to, uh, I don't know if metal is the right word, because I don't have a problem with him being a big part of what they do on the football production side. If Kevin Warren wants to do things differently and strip everything down, then that's that's another wild card for for all of these guys who have jobs right now in the Bears front office. The game is interesting because the Vikings, I mean, they're six and five. They've got a shot here, and if the Bears could could win the game, that would hurt a, a divisional rivalry. And fans love that, right? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And the Bears had kind of had a breakdown against Minnesota the first time they played. They lost them by to them by six points, but. One of the things, one of the areas that, you know, we know the Vikings are good at is putting pressure on, that they bring those blitzes constantly, and the Bears weren't ready for it the last time they played the Vikings. The first play of the game, Justin Fields was sacked for a seven-yard loss, and Fields eventually got knocked out of the game, and Tyson Bajan, the backup quarterback, came in. So my hope for the Bears' sake is that they learned a little something from the last time they played. They made some huge errors and still only lost by six. So I do feel like, and based on the way the Bears did play well for three quarters last week, and they were really pissed off that they lost that game. So I do have a pretty good feeling about the Bears going into this game, even if Minnesota pound for pound is a better team. Um, But, yeah, of course. I mean, what, what do the Bears have to play for this year other than moral victories like winning in the division? Here's one more thing too about the Bears in Minnesota and any division team Matt Eberflus has yet to win a divisional game oh. Darnell Wright <laughs> is a bright spot how bright is his future is he real I think so because he's had the like the kind of the trajectory that you would expect from a rookie offensive lineman especially one that's drafted in the first round there were struggles early in training camp there were struggles in the preseason 
but you saw him getting better. He has been imperfect in in the season, but he's been pretty darn good. He is starting to look like a very good pick for the Bears and definitely the future of the right because he, he can still get better, but you could see it. I mean, he has done a great job on the right side, teaming up with either Nate Davis, the right guard, or at times Tevin Jenkins. So, yeah, I do think that Darnell Wright is going to be really good. And final one for you, and this is in regard to the, the, the big manager polls. He takes a lot of heat, but they, you know, he made that trade and it gets the big pick from Carolina. He must be the most secure guy in the entire organization. Is that fair, administratively speaking? Um, you know, if Kevin Warren wasn't here, I would say that. But since Kevin Warren is here, the CEO, he didn't hire Ryan Poles. And... Look, Ryan Poles has made some mistakes as well. Like I, I, I think his mistakes and good things definitely even off. Like I think it's a net zero. Like it's like it, it's even. But one of the big mistakes that he did make, and this was bad, was the Chase Claypool acquisition for a right. Exactly nothing out of Chase Claypool. It still remains to be seen if Roquan Smith, if that trade was worth their while, or should they have paid Roquan Smith and not Tremaine Edmonds? I think right now you're losing that, but it's still possible that Tremaine Edmonds could step up and be a terrific bear. He's only in his first year, and he is, you know, he's he's been injured a decent amount. So, you know, the polls have done some good things too. You know, like you guys mentioned, for sure, um, you know, Darnell Wright is certainly one of them. And another thing to keep in mind too is that, you know, Justin Fields is not his quarterback, but, all of that being said, there is a swirl around Chicago of who knows, could they just blow up the whole thing at the end of the year? I personally, personally would like to see Ryan Poles continue to get an opportunity to kind of finish what he started. As you guys mentioned with the draft picks, those are his. Um, and I certainly don't think two years is enough to put a grade on a general manager. They need a little bit more time to cook. Thanks for this. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. Bye-bye. All right. There you go. Mark Grody from WCSR Chicago. He's talking about Rizzo. When I, Mark Grody, uh, the, I think Mets had a catcher when I was a kid, Jerry Grody. He might have been on the – I'll look it up, but he might have been on the 69 Mets that won the entire World Series. But funny how names work, you know. Like Kruger, I instantly think of, of – uh, the group from Hannah, Nickelback, instantly think of them. Yeah, he was on the 69 Mets. As you get older, there's more names. You know that's true? Like, if you if you become a dad when you're 40, almost every name is somebody you know, and you'll very likely name your child somebody you like from, from your past as opposed to somebody you don't like. Alan. <laughs> it would be... It would be shot down, you know. <laughs> and also, you that's a middle name. I'll just prepare you um, for this. There's every chance you won't name the child. It's not a fifty-fifty split. It's just no. Okay. And well, this the, is good to know. the The name, the child naming, might come from somebody on her side of the family, not even her. So if you end up with you know Bartholomew or Gladys, just be prepared. And in Alberta, it'll be spelled funny. I want something cool like Cornelius or Alfonso, something pretentious. Mm. I like that. Arvid is good. Arvid is a nice one. Yeah. Ooh, that is a good one. Yeah, Ooh. and and Charles is good if you said Charles, like they Charles. did on math. Chuck, you know, 
Declan is a very good name. Yeah, Declan's cool. You know, yeah, they're, they're more nowadays, but growing up, there weren't too many hanging around. Yeah, same with my real first name. There were very few around there. Um, all right, 1254. Hmm. You know what? I was going to read this, but then we're going to take a break, and we got Gregor at 120. We got uh, Mama MMA at 140. So we got a nice little window there to read a lot of text. That will be next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your Sports 1440 update, six games in the NHL today. Oh, it all gets going with the Panthers and Sens, Sabres and Rangers, and Bruins and Blue Jackets. Puck drop for all those at 5 p.m. Five games in the NBA today. Three games at 5 p.m. The Wizards and Pistons, Blazers and Pacers, and the Lakers and Philly to take on the 76ers. NFL news as Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper has fired head coach Frank Reich. Reich was 1-10 this year, including an 0-6 record on the road. He also becomes the first NFL head coach since the 1970 merger to be fired in back-to-back seasons after last year's dismissal from the Indianapolis Colts. Week 12 in the NFL wraps up tonight with the Bears and Vikings in an NFC North battle. You can join Connor Halley at the St. Albert South Canadian Brujos for your chance to win a trip to the Super Bowl. And finally, MLB signings as outfielder Jason Hayward is returning to the Los Angeles Dodgers on a one-year deal for $9 million. The St. Louis Cardinals have agreed to a deal with free agent pitcher Sonny Gray. That's worth three years and $75 million. And right-hander Kenta Maeda and the Tigers, two years, $24 million. That's going to do it for your Sports 1440 update. Hour 2 is up next. This is Declan Kruger.